Stand-up comedy is a weird thing. It's hard to get into. Once you're into it, it's stressful. You have to play to a crowd. There's a lot of different things concerning stand-up comedy, and while it does have its benefits, there's a lot of learning curves to it. Today's podcast is talking about exactly that. We're going to be learning the, the ropes of it as a newbie kind of goes through the steps of becoming a stand-up comedian. Tell Me I'm Funny is the podcast we're talking about today. It's made by Peter Bresnan, and he is a stand-up comic, or at least was for a while before he got a job in radio. But before that, he made a podcast, and that podcast was Tell Me I'm Funny. And essentially, the idea is um, he recorded a lot of his, his sets that he had at different places and told us stories about actually trying to become a stand-up comedian and going through the ropes, learning how to do it and having to perform after five other stand-up comedians already did their bits and how hard it is to play to a crowd of of three people, which really isn't much of a crowd at all. So um, Peter takes you through uh, what he did um, for a while, grinding to become a stand-up comedian, and you get to learn a lot through the experience. So we're going to be listening to some clips from that show, and uh, so here we go. I'm Peter Bresnan, and this is Tell Me I'm Funny. A podcast that follows me as I try to succeed at something I've always loved, but that I've never actually tried doing before. Stand-up comedy. Presented as candidly as possible, good jokes and bad ones. This is episode one. Who's laughing now? Let me set the scene a little bit. It's a warm Monday night in the River North neighborhood of Chicago, super affluent part of the city. Organic burger bars and microbreweries and all-natural pet boutiques and stuff like that. At 6 o'clock, I'd taken a train up from the south side, where I lived at the time, so that I could make it to this comedy club in time for a 7.30 open mic sign-up. But the show didn't start until 9, and I was ninth in a lineup that included 19 comics, which gave me a lot of downtime. Downtime which I spent mostly drinking at the club's bar, alone, scribbling my set list on a page of notebook paper. I know. I'm a cliché. It's like 20 minutes to the show, and I'm standing out in the street, um, <laughs> freaking out a little bit. I rounded the block a couple times. I thought about getting a coffee or something, but didn't. Then I suddenly became terrified that my set was actually longer than the four-minute limit, and I found a quiet alcove outside of a bank where I timed my set. It was under four minutes, but this didn't make me feel any better. Because the reality was that in 20 minutes, I needed to get on a stage and make a bunch of strangers laugh, something that I'd never done before. 
And how the hell was I going to do that? I'm at that point where I'm already starting to imagine the thousands of ways in which each of my jokes can offend and anchor everyone in the audience. This is from a couple of hours before the show. I mean, I want to be funny, obviously, but I also want to seem like a, like a good person. <laughs> you know, they can think I'm unfunny, but I hope they don't think I'm an asshole, like a bad, like a shitty person. I know people are going to make judgments about me. This is something I can stop, but um, people are going to make their judgments. Uh, and I just have to deal with whatever those judgments are. Interesting story, right? It's a really cool setup, um, and he sets it up really well by just using um, his normal, you know, human emotions rather than setting it up um, through metaphors and, and, and crazy, I don't know, literary ways. I, I messed that word up. Literary ways. Um, he tells it like it is. He says he's nervous. This is why. He, he acts like a human being, and it gives you an insight into how a stand-up comedian really evaluates their their bits and I mean it's hard to go up in front of a crowd let alone try to make them laugh and humor is a huge thing it's a big spectrum and you usually have to know your audience before you really get into it so we're gonna continue the story here and this is where Peter gets on the stage so in spite of everything I did manage to get on stage and as soon as I started, I felt generally calm and collected and a little tipsy, and I started working through my material. So I, I just graduated from college, which means that I have um, no skills, um, which is why I'm here. Um, it helped that the spotlight was so bright that I couldn't see a single of the 30 or so faces that were out in the audience. It also helped that I'd practiced my set so many times that by the time I got on stage, my instincts kicked in and I did the whole thing on autopilot. And as a result, I wasn't really paying attention to any of the stuff I probably should have been paying attention to, namely whether or not people were laughing. And it wasn't until afterwards when I listened to the recording of my set that I noticed two distinct things. Number one, that the first thing I'd said on stage was, howdy. And number two... So, I was on the train, and a guy, this just beautiful, oh my god, this beautiful man comes and he sits in the seat right across from me. And it's a fact that anyone who sits in the seat right across from you is sexually interested in you. That's, that's science. It's kind of hard to tell from the tape, but the laughter I got was scattered at best. On the long bus ride home, I cherished those small laughs. I played them over and over again in my head, and I let myself believe that I'd done better than I actually had. But the more I listened to that recording, the more I began to realize that those few small laughs didn't make up for the eerie, library-grade silence that pervaded the rest of my set. In general, I wasn't making people laugh. And it wasn't just isolated to that show, either. Throughout that entire clip, I just found myself, instead of uploading the clip like I should be doing um, with Anchor, I was listening to it and just falling in love with the story because 
it's such an enthralling thing. Um, he tells it so well, and 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 it's a new perspective on on not only stand-up comedy but that whole world of of comedy and going up in front of a stage and he goes through the emotions that he's feeling and the process of what he has to do to get into it um it's just it's fascinating and i couldn't fall in love with it more so anyways um if you want to go listen to the rest of it i promise you i didn't want to cut it off but i kind of had to at some point so you can find it at tellmeimfunny.org and uh, yeah, so I also got to speak with Peter um, and talk to him about the podcast. So here's the interview. Sure. So my name is Peter Bresnan. I am the host, creator, uh, writer of a podcast called Tell Me I'm Funny. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, and Tell Me I'm Funny, do you want me to describe it a little bit? Yeah. Tell Me yep. I'm Funny started out um, as a podcast. Uh, so I graduated from college and was waiting tables in Chicago and sort of had nothing going on in my life. Um, and so I decided that I would try to become a stand-up comedian um, for reasons that are strange and confusing uh, <laughs> to me. Um, and I brought a microphone to my very first open mic um, and that became a habit and I started recording all of my good sets, all of my bad sets, um, recording the process of trying to, uh, of, of what it's like to be a brand new comedian entering into this sort of strange, weird world of stand-up comedy, of amateur stand-up comedy. Um, and, uh, and then I started uh, building a, a podcast series around uh, that journey and, and the year that I spent uh, trying to become a comedian. Before we get really into the interview, I want to say I apologize for my awful, awful, awful microphone quality. I thought I was recording with my good mic, but I wasn't, and it was a mishap on my part, so it ended up sounding a little a little bad, but um, stick with it because Peter's answers are fantastic, and again, I apologize. I thought I had it set up, but I didn't, unfortunately, so bear with me. Um, that's that's kind of what happened, but I promise you it won't happen again, so here we go. Anyways, the interview, let's do it. So it started pretty much right when you got out of college then? I guess so it started a couple months after college. I, I guess I thought okay. I would be employed. Um, so I, I think for about three months I was like holding off um, because I thought that I would find a job uh, eventually. But but I was still, um, I guess around August. Uh, uh, at, so about I guess that's three months after I graduated. I was still waiting tables. Um, and that's when I decided to, to sort of uh, take the dive. Okay. So... Um now that you've been doing it at least for a while now, um, can you say did it exceed your expectations? Is it where you thought it would be? The the my comedic abilities or the podcast? The podcast, but I guess I guess both. <laughs> um, the podcast has exceeded every single one of my expectations. Um, I originally made it. I'd never made audio before. I, I liked radio, but I, I didn't know how to make it. Um, and I sort of expected just my mother to listen, um, and, uh, and I would, would have been fine with that. Um, but after about two episodes, it started getting really popular and, um, then it got written up in a bunch of weird places and, and I got invited to do, um, radio shows and all sorts of other crazy things. Um, and, uh, I was on the Atlantic's list of the best podcasts of 2016, which was uh, uh, I'm still, I still don't believe it. And it's still amazing. So, um, I, yeah, I feel incredibly 
grateful that something that, that I made and, and that by myself sort of in my closet uh, on nights and weekends um, uh, has, has, uh, has gotten the, the following it has and, and that has um, been meaningful to so many people. Now, is would you say the podcast is on a bit of a hiatus, or how, what's the what's the situation right now? So, I, I originally I started the podcast, and I and I knew I loved radio and I loved comedy. I know I loved I loved making audio and I loved comedy, and and I sort of said, okay, I've never done either of these things before. Why don't I try to just do go? Why don't I try to do both of them mm-hmm. um, at the same time? And um, and I did. I made the podcast for about a year. And I got to a point where I think I realized that I, I, I still, and I still love comedy, um, but I think I realized that I loved radio a little bit more than I loved comedy. Um, and I, I, I didn't really, um, and so I think I, I decided rather than sort of splitting my time between comedy and radio to just sort of focus entirely on radio. And so, um, I, so I call the show, it's a, the show is a mini series, um, and it mm-hmm. covers the year that I spent trying to trying to do this thing, this weird thing, um, and then sort of me coming to the the conclusion that um, it that it wasn't right for my particular personality type. Um, but um, but I still have like it's it's like stand up comedy is still the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life, and I think it, it might always be. And and people who can do it for more than a year, uh, for five or ten or fifteen or twenty years, I have my uh, infinite respect. And uh, right. Can you can you describe the experiences of just of getting up in front of a crowd and feeling them out and and doing comedy for them? I I've never done it myself, so I'm just curious. What is it like doing that? Um, I you sweat a lot. It's a very sweaty experience, at least for me. <laughs> um, um, and it's it's exhausting. It's exhausting in so many ways. Um. It's first of all, it's a lot of these open mics are on weeknights. They're on like Tuesdays and Wednesday evenings, um, mm-hmm. nine or ten in the, at, at night. And so if you're already tired from work. I was working an office job when I was doing these open when I was starting out in comedy, and so you you're already tired, and then you go um, to these bars late at night, and then you put your name on a list. Um, and uh, especially in Chicago, which is where I was living, comedy is very popular and sort of very hot. Um, right. Usually, if you get there, let's say ten minutes before, you'll maybe be thirtieth on the list. And so you get there at ten o'clock, and then you have to wait and watch thirty comedians do their sets before you can get on. And by the time you get on, it's like midnight or twelve thirty, um, and you're exhausted. And uh, and there's only and and usually by that time, there's only about four people in the audience left. Uh, and so you're in this back room of a bar, uh, at, you know, on a weeknight <laughs> um, at twelve thirty in the morning, and it's like so. It's exhausting, literally, in that it's very late and you're tired. But it's also exhausting, sort of spiritually, in this mm-hmm. like you have to do so much. And then a lot of times you'll go on stage, and um, there won't be anybody there to sort of to, to to give you feedback on whether or not your jokes are funny, um, and or, or or the 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 feedback is sort of skewed. So it's uh, it's it's absolutely exhausting. And uh, um, yeah. <laughs> What um, would you say that you grew as a stand-up comedian then throughout this experience? Um, or at least know know the roundabouts of it. I think I I don't know. It's hard for me to to know how much I grew as a comedian. I think I think I got a, I was better at writing jokes and, and sort of in that okay. sense. But I also I think that like I I feel like it that I I really grew as a person more than I've ever had in my entire life through, the, through that process of of doing that. 
of doing something that was so hard and so humbling, um, I think really changed the way that I moved through the world and, and has sort of given me, um, I don't know, a different perspective. It's, 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 a, it's stepping into the, into the world of amateur stand-up comedy is like stepping into another universe. And it's, it's, right. it's so strange. And, and you see people, it, it's people doing something they love at the lowest possible level, like in the most humbling possible way. Um, and it, I don't know, I, I, I just, I, I feel like I grew up a lot. Um, and, um, I got to know the, I got to know people in a way that I don't think I, I ever would have, I would have been able to if I hadn't done, if I haven't tried, if I hadn't tried to do stand up. Gotcha. Gotcha. So then you do the podcast mm-hmm. and you get into that. Now, what are you doing nowadays? Nowadays. So, um, I, Submitted an episode of my podcast to um, a, a radio workshop called the Transom Story Workshop, and um, it's a mm-hmm. radio training program. And I got into that, and then after that, I, I applied to um, a, a couple of jobs, but ended up taking a job at uh, Gimlet Media, which is a podcasting company. Yeah. Um, and so I am I am a, a associate development producer here, so I'm working on all sorts of uh, all the new shows um, that Gimlet's making. How how is the the podcasting world over there now? Would you say that you're totally invested in the audio area nowadays? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm doing I'm doing audio 100, um, <laughs> percent and so uh, that's sort of my life now, which is great because I used to sort of have the, the I, I would do um, I would temp in an office uh, during the day, and then I would go to open mics at night, and then sort of early in the morning, I'm working my podcast, and so I was sort of have I had sort of three jobs, and now just, mm-hmm. just to have one job is uh, I feel is pretty nice. <laughs> I feel very lucky. Um, well, I think that's about all I have over here. Um, do you want to shout out the the, the podcast and uh, where to find it at? Yeah, so you can find Tell Me I'm Funny on um, uh, iTunes and on uh, SoundCloud and on Stitcher. Um, the website is www.tellmeimfunnypodcast.org, um, and uh, you can also follow the show on Twitter and Facebook at Tell Me I'm Funny or TMIF Podcast. Unfortunately, if you heard during the interview, Tell Me I'm Funny is uh, at the moment just on a break, and it may not come back, but what it is right now is, is just a collection and what he said, uh, a mini series of trying to figure out how how to become a stand-up comedian and going through the 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 ins and outs of that process and i wanted to shout it out on today's show because i just feel like i feel like it's just something that we don't ever get to hear about i don't i don't don't really think i've ever been able to learn how that industry works um because it is it's a big industry it's a fairly a fairly large industry industry and it's where a lot of comedians nowadays get their starts is in the bars telling jokes and whatnot so i think it was really cool to see the other side of things and learn from peter about how that all that works um so yeah make sure you go check out tell me i'm funny at tell me i'm funny org and check it out from there Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. If you liked it, let me know. Uh, you can get in contact with me at 
on Twitter at POTD Anchor. And from there, you can tweet at me um, and let me know what you thought about the show. Or if you have a podcast or podcast recommendations, I'm always open to hearing anything and everything you guys have to say. So feel free to go that route. On tomorrow's uh, show, we're going to be talking about a politics show, but it's not like the ones uh, you may be hearing nowadays. Um, It's a nice bipartisan way to look at today's political landscape. That's all I'm going to give you, though, because I want you to tune in and check it out for yourself. So tomorrow, listen, and it'll be right here only on Podcast of the Day right here on Anchor. I've been your host, Grant, and I hope you have a great one. I'll catch you right back here tomorrow.